In John chapter 6, we see the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 men. We know that excludes the women and the children. Now, the occasion for all of these things took place during the time, around the time of the Feast of Passover, when Jesus was in northern Galilee. And Jesus was being followed by a large group of people because they were seeing the signs that Jesus was performing on people who were sick. And when we say signs, this is very important. We know them to be miracles, supernatural events that, that Jesus were, was doing. But the point is they were to serve as signs that Jesus at, was the Messiah of Israel, the one who was promised by the prophets and even Moses in the law of Moses. Okay. So he would be the healer of the nation of Israel and he would set Israel to its dominance. But I'm not going to get into all of that. But the point is that Jesus was the promised Messiah and all the signs that Jesus was performing were simply to attest to prove that indeed he was that individual. So now we have another particular miracle or sign that Jesus was performing, the feeding of the 5,000. And this was to enhance that particular ideology. So Jesus fed these particular people. We see that it's early in the early in John chapter six. He fed these people with a boy's lunch snack, lunch pack or whatever you want to call it. Two fish, five loaves. He fed 5,000 men, not, in, not even including the women and the children. And the people were so astounded because of that. They wanted to make Jesus the king. Now, Jesus uh, rejected the idea of being king at that time, number one, because uh, that time had passed. We know, according to Matthew chapter 12, when the people had said, namely the leaders, that Jesus was demon possessed and therefore Jesus was able to do so many miracles. Jesus rescinded the offer of, is of becoming Israel's king. So the offer of being king was was rescinded. And so therefore Jesus left when they wanted to make him king here in John six and went into the high mountain. Also, the king of Israel was supposed to, was supposed to be crowned king in Jerusalem and not in Galilee. So there are a number of reasons why Jesus rejected the offer of being king. But anyway, to further the story. And so Jesus went into the mountain and with the disciples later on, the disciples and Jesus both crossed uh, the Sea of Tiberias and went to the other side. Now, the point that I want to talk about here. So when they crossed, the people came the following day looking for Jesus. And when they came looking for Jesus, uh, Jesus got directly to the point, which brings us to the discussion that we have today in verse number 26. So let's just jump right into it. So when they came looking for Jesus, Jesus answered and answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So Jesus began to deal immediately with the motives of the people, the impure motives of the people. And he said, the only reason why you're looking for me is not because you're seeking me as a Messiah. And these things have spiritual overtones that we have to pay attention to. Messiah, one who restores the spiritual health as well as the true greatness of Israel. You're not looking for me because of that. You're looking to me because you want me to do it again. That is, you want me to consistently feed you and clothe you in that sense. In other words, it is self 
satisfying. It is to, to how I can benefit you in this world. Temporal blessings. Can I say it that way? As Jesus himself is going to develop it even more. So you're seeking me because you just simply want me to do it all over again, feed you again and fatten your bellies. 27. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give to you for on him, him, the father God has set his seal. So now let me look at this verse, break each of the components down, and I'm going to try my best not to become too preachy, but let's uh, let's observe what our Lord is trying to say. So he says, do not work for the food which perishes. Notice he brings in the idea of work, labor, human effort. Do, so he says to them, don't put so much effort. Don't put so much effort into food which perishes. So Jesus is, is starting to bring in a comparison. We'll see as we look at the wholeness of all of this, the, com the labor, the effort that people are putting into things that are temporal, only of value in this life, only last for this life, and that is compared over against the labor, the effort that people put into things that last into eternal life. So he's bringing in a contrasting things to work for work. Do not work for things which only benefit this life. That is the bread that they were looking for. They want another miracle so they can be full at the time, or we can understand it as things that are beneficial in a temporal sense, only in this life living your best life now, being blessed now, having food, clothes now, looking to Jesus, how he can benefit you now, now, the now, over against that which truly is beneficial because it lasts into eternity, okay? But anyway, so he says, don't work for things that are temporal in so-called blessings. It is not really blessings whatsoever. He said, but instead of that, Food that endures to eternal life. So then now Jesus transitions their minds from the now into the eternity, from the now into the eternity. Food that can benefit now. Food that can benefit for eternity. See what? So the transition is what is the food that can give benefit for eternal life, everlasting life? And then he says that food that benefits to the eternal life. Notice he now says the son of man will give to you. That is the food that gets. OK, so I'm sewing it down a little bit more. I wanted to make it a short teaching, but we have to kind of expound a little bit. Now, Jesus styles himself as the son of man. Whenever we see Jesus styling himself as the son of man, he is referring to himself he is referring to his humanity. That is, Jesus is a human being. Why? Because in referring to him as himself as a human being, it is this manner, this way that he is able to give himself on the cross. It was a physical human being that died on the cross, physical human being that rose from the dead. So Jesus is speaking of himself sacrificially in the offering that he would give. That is he would die on the cross for our sins. And by dying on the cross for our sins, 
This is him offering himself in place of dying on the cross for our sins is Jesus's way of providing for us. You get it. And that's all I'm trying to say. This is the only way a person can be saved. This is the only food that you can eat because this is all that he's talking about at the end of chapter six. This is the food. His dying on the cross that gives an eternal blessing, an everlasting blessing. And therefore, it is more than that which suits the temporal. It fills the belly for the moment, but it do. It does what it provides for us so that we can have a place with God for all eternity It's food for everlasting life. The son of man will give and notice this was done as an act by the father for on him. The father God has set his seal for in this act. And all of this is so beautiful, but nevertheless for in this act, what act the son of man, Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead is inclusive of that. But in Jesus's death on the cross, this, the father, this act, This act, the father has set his seal. That means the seal of approval. So the act of God, the work of God, the work of the son, this dying on the cross, the father does what he approves. And in God giving his approval, it yields eternal life to those who work this work. And we're going to talk about that. So notice working for food, that perishes and in, and in the end you perish over against working for food that that not, that does not perish, but this food that yields to eternal life. And in this food that yields to eternal life, this work, this food alone, God approves. So now notice as we continue, Therefore, as they're talking, Jesus talking about, he has set this whole mindset of working, working you something that you do. Right. But what working for that which do not work for that which is temporal in its blessings, food that perishes, but work for that which is eternal in blessing. That is working for that is notice. The son of man, God sets his approval, but what he develops it even more. Watch, watch, watch what begins to happen. So therefore they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? So now since Jesus himself moved that discussion into you work for that, which God desires. Now the people still don't quite get it. So they asked Jesus, okay, fine. You want us to work for work? Cause their mind is still set on the food. Their mind is still set on getting food to fill their bellies. So they're saying, what can we do? What can we do that God will approve and therefore God will bless us? And that, but they're pretty much thinking about food itself. But nevertheless, their mindset and notice I'm bringing in certain theological overturn, uh, 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 theological mindsets. I don't know what word I want to use right there, but it's a theological mindset. What must we do? What, what can we do that God will approve 
that God will reward, that God will grant unto us this. Oh, my God, I want to get into those terms. Bread of life. What can we do? So the idea that they're talking about here is notice again, what must we do? And it centers the very idea of these things is centering on what they do by their own hands. Okay. And that's what I want you guys to see. That's the very essence of what I'm talking about today. What can we do? Because notice what, what Jesus has been talking about. He moved from the temporal to the eternal, from the food that go into the mouth that satisfy and you die until the food that goes to the individual and you live forever. It has eternal benefits and those eternal benefits that that food is the son of man himself. That food is that which God has provided through what the son of man will do. And we know that whole issue is all about what again, the cross of Jesus Christ. But anyway, so they want to know, and let me cut this thing short. What can we do so that we can have these things and verse number 29, and we're going to end it here because this is the primary point of what I want to talk about. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. This is what God desires. This is what you can do. This is since you're talking about what you can do. This is what you can do and therefore satisfy God's work. What God would have you to do. What is it that you can do? What is it that we can do even to on today? What do we do that we can ha that satisfies that require God says, this is what I require of you. I'm fumbling and bumbling because I'm getting excited, but this is what you do. This is what God requires. This is the work that God requires for all of us to do in order that we might enjoy eternal presence with him, that we might be with him, that we might enjoy notice life abundance with him. What, what is that work of God? that you may believe in him whom God, whom he has sent. This is the work selling it all down so that you'll understand it. Jesus said, all right, you want to know what God requires of you so that you may have the benefits of eternal presence with God. And when I say all of that, it is just all I'm simply saying is this. The, the language of what Jesus is speaking is the language of salvation because notice he moved them from the temporal, from the right now, eating food and being satisfied in this life. And he says, that's not going to really amount to nothing. Why? Because you're going to die. And, uh, and that food that filled your belly, what good is that is for you to die in your spiritual life remains unsatisfied. You are not with God. I tell you what, there is a food that God has provided and he has provided that food in the person of the son of man, in the person of Jesus as Messiah. And that plan of God that Jesus should come die on the cross and if you eat that food and by eating that food, as Jesus later on is going to tell us in John chapter six, 
If you believe in that, you have fulfilled the requirement of God that you might live. So the whole point of what Jesus is saying is this. What is it that we may do that we may live? What is it we may do that we may meet the requirements of God, be in the presence of God? Jesus says there is absolutely nothing you can do. God has already made provision and that provision is the son of man. Jesus has done everything. There is absolutely nothing we can do to do the works of God to save ourselves. It is not about stop lying, stop stealing, stop committing fornication. There is nothing we can do if we want to meet the requirements of God, satisfy the requirements of God, please God. Jesus says this, believe on him whom God has sent. If we are to be saved, the only requirement to be saved is simply, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, the son of God made flesh who offered himself on the cross for our sin. And in believing that we now have the food that gives eternal life. So God has given Jesus as a means of eternal life. And so Jesus was simply saying in that beautiful verse, the only thing that we can do to save ourselves is not what we do by our hands, but by whom we believe. I believe in the person of Jesus. God made flesh a sacrifice for our sins. In other words, it just simply, simply, it, let me say this just a little bit more. It deals with the beautiful theme all throughout the Bible. Salvation is of the Lord. It comes from the Lord. That is the plan of God. It comes through the Lord. That is the person of Jesus Christ. And it is completely the work of God. God alone. So that in all things, salvation is of the Lord alone. Let God alone be praised. Let God alone be exalted. To God alone be the glory, for salvation is of the Lord.